When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in. This is episode 56 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. And despite Cam Lewis's best attempts to get me thrown off this podcast, I'm back to talk a little Blue Jays, Coomzy. I have not once tried to kick you off the podcast. You told me back in early October that you hated baseball now. It caused you too much stress, too much anxiety. You weren't sleeping at night and you didn't want to talk about baseball anymore. So Brendan's been on the podcast a bunch recently. And now all of a sudden the Blue Jays go and sign Jose Barrios and you're back on the bandwagon. Yep, that's exactly it. I was so heartbroken about the Jays missing the playoffs. I said I need a solid month of no baseball. And Barrio signing has me believing that this team is ready to contend for a World Series next year. Let's jump right into it, Coomzy. Uh, actually, yeah, first, we're brought to you by DoorDash. Promo code BJNPODDD gets first-time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. The news today that the Blue Jays inked Jose Barrios to a seven-year, $131 million contract extension. The consensus around Jays fans, at least from what I, what I was reading, on Twitter, this is a big win for Toronto, correct? Yeah, this looks extremely good because so what it is is Jose Barrios was eligible for his final go around at arbitration this winter. So there was one more year of control with him before he could hit free agency. And the word was that the Minnesota Twins were keen on trading him when they did, which was back in July, because they were very certain that Jose Barrios was going to want to test the open free agent market and that it was going to be difficult to lock him up long term. Well, Three months in Toronto and the Jays got him signed for seven years, which is the one arbitration year and then six free agency years. It's, you know, a huge win because basically those six years equate to 20 million uh, per year on average, which isn't a hell of a lot for like a top end starter in free agency. Like, I mean, I've had thought if Burrios went to the open market, he would command significantly more than that. So this is quite the team friendly deal. It appears for Toronto. Yeah. And from Barrios's perspective, I mean, maybe it's something you know, along the lines of cost certainty heading into a new CBA, but it'd be hard to imagine that, like you said, he wouldn't, even regardless of the CBA, it feels like he probably could have gotten more than that on the open market. There is an opt out in there as well, but we'll, we'll leave that to the side for now. Um, a really good deal. And I was on uh, radio and TSN or on TSN radio in Edmonton today talking about this deal a little bit. And what I said there was, this feels like a this sends a good message about the state of the team, right? That a guy like Barrios was willing to say, you know what? Free agency. I thought it sounded great, but after a month and a half or however long it was in Toronto, he's ready to be like, you know what? No, I don't need free agency because I want to be here and I think they can win. Um, I think it sends a really good message about the team on the field and the mindset of the front office. 
Yeah, it does 100% because, I mean, you also think back to during the season, I think this must have been in August or September, there was a post that came out, I'm pretty sure it was The Athletic, and Marcus Semyon was quoted saying that Toronto was a baseball paradise. And you have, we've, we've never heard anyone say that. Like, I mean, every once in a while, you'll have someone who came up through the Jays system, maybe like a Vernon Wells, somebody like that who was here for a long time, talk about it was really nice playing there. The fans were really nice, blah, blah, blah. You know, there was lots to like about living in Toronto. It was surprisingly nice. That's usually the sentiment. But to have someone, especially a Marcus Semyon, who, you know, American guy comes to Canada and to say that is like a like a pretty significant thing because I mean the Blue Jays let's be honest here were one of those teams where players would leave or kind of one of those farm system teams yeah. like a Minnesota Twins where you know you develop a good guy and they fuck off but you know I don't know if Marcus Semyon's going to resign this isn't really relevant to that but the fact he made those comments coupled with Jose Barrios going ahead and signing long term despite only being here for like two months like you said is a huge win for the organization it does make it seem like the Blue Jays of now are very different than the Blue Jays of the 2000s that you and I grew up watching. The other side of this is, you know, you only have so much money to spend, obviously. And we know the Jays are going to spend a lot like the, the front office, again, clearly showing here they're willing to, to open up the checkbook a little bit here um, for Barrios. Is he going to be their number one going forward? Or do you think they're still in the market after this signing to go out and get a Robbie Ray or go take a look at a Kevin Gosman or something like that? Well, apparently the Jays have been kicking tires in a whole bunch of different pitchers. So there was Eduardo Rodriguez, the Mm -hmm. Boston Red Sox, who inked the four-year deal with the Tigers. I thought that was very rich for Eduardo Rodriguez. And it ultimately kind of shows, I mean, what what was it, $77 for Rodriguez? It shows Mm -hmm. how good the Barrios deal is because I think Barrios is significantly better than Rodriguez. But we've also heard the Jays are kicking tires on, of course, Robbie Ray, who was with the team the last year and a half. And then Justin Verlander, the Jays attended his throwing session that he had. He hasn't pitched in like two years, but the Jays are sniffing around on pretty much every pitcher, but they're also in the mix for every position player as well. So it's kind of difficult to say whether they're going to land another top end starter, because let's say they go ahead and come to terms on a deal with Corey Seager then there obviously isn't going to be cash to go and bring back Robbie Ray or go and sign even Verlander, I don't think. So then if there was going to be another top-end starter, it would have to come through trade. So it's a pretty fluid thing. But to be quite honest with you, the the Jays pitching rotation right now looks pretty good. You have, as of right now, Jose Barrios, Alec Manoa, and Hyunjin Ryu. The hope is Ryu bounces back. The hope is that Manoa is as good as he was as a rookie. And I think Barrios is a pretty fair good number one you'd like to add another uh, another couple of mid-end guys and that would be perfectly fine but i mean there's a million different things the jays could do but they have a very good foundation right now with their pitching stuff yeah i, I think you nailed it there the foundation is really there with barrios manoa and maybe they get a bounce back season from a hunjin ryu who knows where nate pearson's going to be next year but i think it would make a lot of sense for this team to go out and get one or two more i was reading on the athletic today uh, caitlin mcgrath saying, you know, this doesn't really take them out of the Robbie Ray sweepstakes at all. You brought up the idea of a trade, though. And I wonder now, like, I get that they wanted cost certainty. And that's a part of this Barrios deal, too. Um, But, you know, $120 million is still $120 million. I wonder if the trade target for that uh, for that starter is maybe now a little bit more realistic. Like we've been hearing that the Marlins want catchers and obviously the Jays, you know, maybe they're open to moving Alejandro Kirk in a deal for someone like Pablo Lopez. 
Would you say after the Barrios deal, a trade is more likely or do you still, are you still holding out hope that, or I don't know if it'd be hope, but still holding out and thinking, you know, no, Robbie Ray or Gosman are probably the targets. Yeah. I think you, you just kind of looking at it, you kind of rather your team make a big ad through free agency because then you're not giving up prospects back. Like, mm-hmm. but then also that, that also being said, if you're going to sign a pitcher, odds are that pitcher in free agency is over 30. And that's kind of the whole concern. I mean, even with a guy like Ray, right? Like we all, we all want to see Robbie Ray back because he was so good last year. He's going to win the American League Cy Young and we'd like to see him pitch more years with the Jays, but who knows how good he's going to be over the course of like a five or six year deal. Like you really don't know, like take a look at Ryu, right? He had a fantastic first year and he's already falling off a cliff and maybe he bounces back. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe the Jays only get one good year out of that contract. So if the Jays want to go ahead and get a younger starter still in their prime or moving, you know, moving into their prime right now, then they're going to have to go and reach out and do so via trade. And I mean, they paid a massive price to acquire Jose Barrios at the trade deadline, Austin Martin, Simeon Woods Richardson. But at the end of the day, they got a pitcher who's pretty young. Like Barrios has a lot of good years left ahead of him. He's only, I think he turns, uh, he's 27, right? Yeah. He's 27 now. And then he turns 28 in May. Okay. So he's got plenty of good years left in him. You got him until he's like 36, like 28 to 36 based on what Mm -hmm. we see around the league, that's his prime, right? Like again, it makes the trade look fantastic. I think a lot of people kind of gulped when they saw it was Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson in the deal. But now using hindsight, you can look back and go, Oh, that's a banging deal. You do that deal every single day of the week. Not only was Barrios really good for you down the stretch this past season and almost helped get you into a playoff spot, but now he's going to be a key part of your team for a long time. So I think, yeah, the extension makes the deal look even better than yeah. it would have then, a month ago. And that's what you get if you go ahead and you trade for a guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you trade for a guy with two years of control and then you have the possibility with just like with Barrios that you lock him up to a long-term extension because they like playing here. They like working with Pete Walker. I mean, that's another thing the Jays have that's very advantageous as you've seen different guys, Robbie Ray, Stephen Matz, a whole wealth of relievers work with uh, Pete Walker and do fantastic. So, I mean, that's another thing that would make a player want to stick around. So, I kind of do think that if the Jays are going to go ahead and add another arm, I would, I I mean, they're going to add two more arms, obviously, because they have three guys right now and they need to fill out two more. And there aren't really any prospects on the way, unless we want to pencil Nate Pearson into a rotation spot, which seems kind of ill-advised at this point. Um, They're going to probably, I would guess, do one over free agency, more of a mid-level guy, like a Steven Matz caliber. One of the guys who didn't get qualified, say like John Gray, Anthony DeSclafani, that kind of thing. And then I would guess that if they're going to get a bigger name, then it's going to come be a trade. And it might be the Marlins, like you said. It might be the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's want to blow it up. whole bunch of good pitchers there. It might be Luis Castillo from the Reds. The Reds are cheap. They want to get rid of money, you know. Who knows? But there's tons of different there's tons of different options out there, and the Jays have showed, like, all right, we're going to start selling from our deep prospect pool and bring some really good guys in. And here's the hoping, like you just rattled off right there, the three teams that could be selling off. On top of that, a deep free agency class in terms of starting pitching as well. This, this might be a great offseason for the Jays to be in the position they're in because all of these options on the market could really make it a buyer's market if there's not a lot of teams out there that are sitting there going, yeah, I'm, we're, we're shelling out money or yeah, we're willing to give up a bunch of prospects in a trade like the CBA looming, I know, could, could also make this whole thing a little bit fuzzy, but this might be a bit of a buyer's winter. 
Yeah, it should be. It, it, it could be. It's, it's really hard to say. You have, I mean, that's kind of the, the thing that Major League Baseball has struggled with for so many years recently is there's so many teams actively trying to lose and there's all these mm-hmm. teams right in the middle that are just scared to spend money. It's it's a bit different of an off season this year than last because I remember last winter it was pretty much every single free agent, it was Blue Jays or Mets. Even the big trade candidates, Francisco Lindor, was Blue Jays and Mets. And then the two usual suspects, the Dodgers and the Yanks. And this year, you can also now throw in the Tigers, who want to get good after tanking for half a decade. Uh, the Angels apparently want to fix the rotation. Seattle's going to spend some cash after a weirdly good season. San Francisco, same thing. They have, like, no payroll obligations and won, what, 108 games last year? So yeah. it's a little bit more competitive, but there are three teams with a lot of really good players that are ready to sell. So could be a good chance for the Jays to make a huge trade in the offseason. Uh, one team that also made a pretty interesting splash today, and I wanted to hit on this with you, is the Angels going out and getting Noah Syndergaard on a one-year $21 million deal. So they give up the $21 million. They also had to give up a comp pick in this deal as well, which is why I'm surprised that this only ended up being one year because if it doesn't go well and Syndergaard leaves, then you kind of sit there and go, Whew, we spent $21 million and we lose a pretty decent draft pick. But I suppose similar to the Jays, it's, it's the Angels sending a message that, no, we're trying to win right now and we're done wasting years of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah, I think you, you kind of nailed it there. The, the Angels have to prove a point to a couple of those players. Uh, Trout, Trout's locked up forever. It doesn't really yeah. matter. But Otani, I think, is only two years away from free agency and they can start discussing contract extension next offseason. So, I mean, they have to prove to this guy that, hey, we aren't a complete joke. And I mean, if, I, if I'm the Angels then and I'm signing a guy like Syndergaard um, to that kind of deal, especially with the draft pick com- compensation attached to him, I kind of would have thought that the thing they would go for is signing him to like more of a cost-controlled two-year deal. Because, I mean, the, the deals that Syndergaard are gonna, is going to have out there, consider, uh, including the qualifying offer from the Mads, is a, a pricey one-year deal. But you'd think that they could maybe leverage them, uh, leverage him into a two-year contract, maybe. I don't know, but I think it's kind of insane to go ahead and give up a compensatory draft pick for a guy for one year, a guy with an extensive injury history. But, I mean, the upside's huge, and it's the Angels. Like, man, the Angels have had good players for so long, and they have been so bad. They have to they have to go ahead and do something and you may as well just you may as well just take a risk like i don't know if these compensatory draft picks mean that much yeah and that's a good point too like i mean you'd rather sit there and go through the season and go ah like we took a stab at cinder guard and, and maybe it didn't work out as well as we thought then sit there and go well we lost another season because we didn't have enough starting pitching and i fully expect the angels to go out and still be in the market for some of those high-end guys that we've kind of talked about and and maybe that that's another reason with Syndergaard, right? They sat there and went, okay, we can get this guy who might be a front of the rotation starter for us if he's healthy or when he's healthy. And then since it's one year, 20 million, you know, we can still go out there and get another guy and give it, give big money to another starter. Cause and can you imagine that team went out and got Robbie Ray and they're sitting there next year with the lineup they have. And then they're going Ray Syndergaard Otani and in whatever order you throw them out there at, like that'd be, that'd be pretty deadly rotation like they they'd all of a sudden start to look like a team that probably could contend the angels could also go ahead and unite the entire uh lansing lug nuts group from what like 2010 2011 or whenever that was they just signed syndicard uh aaron sanchez is a free agent after pitching a handful of good not great innings mm-hmm. for the giants last year uh the reds are the uh, giants also didn't qualify on pd sclafani who i mentioned a few minutes ago and then I'm sure Justin Nicolino is kicking around somewhere. So the Angels should go ahead and just rebuild that entire rotation just for the fuck of it. And then us weird Jays fans who were prospect huggers in the early 2010s can go and cheer for them. 
I, I just to wrap up the Syndergaard talk, I liked this uh, tweet here from Jason Stark of the Athletic. Syndergaard's career case per nine, nine point seven. His career WHIP, one point one six. The only Angels starters who have ever bettered those numbers in a single season: Otani and Nolan Ryan, who each did it once. So if Syndergaard gets back to his potential, that could look like a really good deal for the LA Angels. Before we keep moving on, I need to give some love to our friends over at the Sports Closet. There is nothing, nothing worse than when you get a jersey of a player you like, and they're immediately traded and they're gone. Well... That's not an excuse anymore. If you were in the market for a Jose Barrios jersey, hit up our friends at the sports closet or at sportscloset.ca and pick up a Barrios jersey. Or if you know someone in your life that loves Jose Barrios, get them one for Christmas. That is your spot. They also have a 40% off sale right now on their website. So go hit up our friends at the sports closet. Coombs, I'm going to put you on the spot with this one here. The next move the Jays make. What do you like? What do you think? What do you think we could realistically see next year? Is there another extension coming somewhere? Do you think we're sitting and waiting for a big trade to fall, or do you think they'll get involved in the in the slow moving free agent market? It's a tough one because um, so the 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 general sentiment was that this was going to be a super slow offseason. Nothing was going to happen until like February because of the collective bargaining agreement. But now there's also word coming out that a whole bunch of you guys want to go ahead and sign before the new CBA is dealt yeah. with teams are really trying to get stuff done names that we've heard may or may like might actually sign in the next week or so Marcus Semyon is among them like guys like that Carlos Correa there was um significant rumors yesterday that he was going to sign with the Detroit Tigers because he had a Detroit ta- or he had a tagger emoji in his Twitter bio but he took that out shortly after so I mean there's things that could start happening quickly I don't think extensions will be that the 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 kind of two big things that we are paying attention to are Vladdy Jr. and Bo Bichette, who will be extended sooner rather than later. It's hard to say when exactly that's going to come, but I can't imagine it being before the new CBA because we have no idea what control years are going to look for. Yeah. So it would be kind of bizarre for either of those players to lock into a deal not knowing yet when they might become free agents because in the new CBA, maybe the Jays lose the control year of both those guys and they're closer to free agency. But my guess is that if I had to guess that there's another thing coming, it would be probably the Jays signing another one of those mid-tier pitchers, maybe a Mats, maybe a Carlos Rodon, maybe a Di Sclafani, maybe Justin Verlander even. You know, there's, um, it seems the pitching market is the thing that's moving quickly. Uh, Andrew Heaney was the first guy who signed. That was with the Dodgers. That was, he's trying to be next year's version of Robbie Ray on a one-year deal. And then it was Eduardo Rodriguez. And now it's Jose Barrio signing his extension. So I would guess the pitching market keeps moving. And then it's after the CBA, we start to see these huge position player guys, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Javier Baez, blah, blah, blah. All those guys signing after the CBA. That's my guess. So mid-level pitching option for the Jays after, uh, after the Barrios deal. That's next up, I guess. How about, uh, do you see what Correa had to say about uh, Derek Jeter the other day? No. Um, he was, he was running his mouth about something here. Now I, now I need to pull it up again to make sure I don't get the quote wrong, but I saw some Yankees fans just going, uh, bananas for Carlos Correa saying something about Derek Jeter and his gold gloves and all that. And, and then, oh, some, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I think I saw it was something about he, Derek Jeter had never, he didn't deserve any gold. of his five gold gloves. That's what, that was the quote here I got from CBS. <laughs> it's not wrong. Derek Jeter was never the best defensive shortstop in baseball. It's one of them. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah, like it's a hilarious point, but also for a guy who is a free agent to yeah. sit there and kind of uh, shit on the legend of a team who 
may have been one of the teams willing to spend some money on you this offseason. I just found that whole thing hilarious. I also think Marcus Stroman had like a fucking hilarious reply to uh, to someone who tweeted out a picture of him in a Yankees jersey. Um, so anyways, watching the Yankees get shit on by a few free agents has been nice to, to keep track of here as well. well. That's always entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I'm always up for that. I mean, I kind of... Yeah, the Yankees are apparently going to have a huge offseason. That's what everyone keeps saying. They're in the mix. So every Yankees fan is penciled in that they're going to sign Robbie Ray and that they're going to sign Carlos Correa. And they're also going to sign, I don't know, X, Y, and Z. And position players are playing different positions. And it makes no sense. I saw one hypothetical Yankees lineup had uh, Matt Olson, the first baseman, playing second for them because Anthony Rizzo was already at first. And uh, weird, weird, weird stuff. But hopefully it doesn't work out. And hopefully they sign nobody. Um, so a, a Yankees fan tweeted out a couple of, uh, pictures of Marcus Stroman photoshopped in a Yankees Jersey. Stroman tweeted a gift back at them. Another Yankees fan said, you don't like us, man. What's the reason? Doesn't matter. You never pitched an important game in your life. And Stroman goes, you mad because that crazy payroll continues to let you down year after year, get off my page. <laughs> And then he followed up with Yankees haven't won a world series since 2009. They routinely spend more than any other team and acquire the biggest names at every trade deadline, the way they spend and players they get should result in much more success than they had than they've had. I mean, the guys on Twitter way too much and usually it's annoying. Um, but that's, that's pretty good from Stroman. I yeah. I, dig I, it. I think uh, me and Brendan talked about this on the last podcast because I had thought that the Yankees and Stroman made all kinds of sense because that's where Stroman wanted to go originally when mm-hmm. um, the Jays traded him. Apparently, got really mad that he was going to the Mets because they weren't good. Uh, anyways, um, I I had completely forgot, but Brian Cashman, Yankees general manager, uh, at that trade deadline said that they didn't go out and acquire Stroman because he isn't a game changer. So I'm going to go out and assume that three years later, Stroman's still pissed off about that, and I now don't think he's going to sign with the Yankees. Uh, it also wouldn't surprise me if Stroman reached out or Stroman's camp reached out to the Yankees and was told, hmm, not going to happen. And now this is why he's deciding to go after them. Um, but anyways, that, that that's enough of that. Uh, before we wrap up, some love to Twig and Berries. It's getting cold out, so you want to make sure you're layered up properly. Tonight, I'm going to the Canada men's national soccer game here in Edmonton, despite the fact it's going to be like minus 20 with the wind chill. Um, so I'll be rocking my Twig and Berries hoodie to keep me nice and warm. You can get yours. Promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off at Twig and Berries. Uh, Coombsy, you enjoy uh, the next little bit of the offseason here and the rumors and the very vague tweets that say hearing this player is connected to this team, even though there's no substance to it. It's always fun. You enjoy it. Yeah, we should start up like an offseason bingo card and try and complete like a full thing. Blue Jays kicking tires on X, Y and Z, because I think we're going to hear them kicking tires on like 50 different guys this winter. The content we'll have to spin. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, especially in an off season where things could move slower than they ever really have. I think we will get a lot of agents going and poking around media members, making sure their client's name stays out in the news cycle a little bit. So the, uh, reports that we see around and I, and I air quoted reports there, um, they'll, they'll be fun. But anyways, Cam, we'll be back with another episode, uh, soon enough here until then enjoy the winter, everybody. And we'll talk soon. This has been episode 56 of BJN radio. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.